Hello, this is your local malignant gnome, and I'm going to be talking loudly and cynically about whatever I want. And today I want to talk about retellings. Um, and kind of a trend that they've become. I mean, not exactly about that, because we're not going to be getting into the kind of economic parts and... Well, maybe we were going to talk about what is so appealing about retellings, um, but maybe that's a little bit later. Um, what I to want to talk about is more um, writing-wise side of retellings. So, how to write them correctly, why so many of them are bad in my opinion, um, and just what can make a retelling a good one. Um, that being said, I would, I would just like to give you a little bit of a disclaimer that just because something is objectively a bad retelling doesn't mean that it's a bad story. Um, because there's a huge difference between a retelling and just an interpretation. Because you can be inspired by certain things. Um, I think the best example actually here is uh, the series of Throne of Glass by Sarah J Maas. Because I think we, most people that are aware of those books are also aware of how Sarah J Maas was inspired to write them. It all started uh, from her listening to um, some kind of piece of music. Um, oh, I know, it was the um, Disney version of Cinderella, this animation one. Uh, and there was this scene when Cinderella runs away from her prince, and Sergio Mas thought to herself that the music in this scene seems more as if Cinderella uh, wanted to do something bad, like kill the prince, uh, assassinate him, and she just didn't do it correctly. Um, and this is how it all started, the idea of a pretty girl um, being an assassin who tries to kill a prince and everything. That's how it all started. And we are aware that this is the inspiration for the story. We can easily call it that. But I don't think that anyone in their right mind will call the Throne of Glass the Cinderella retelling, right? Because we don't really have elements that are mm, giving this feeling of Cinderella. Because the thing about retellings is that it's not enough to have a character that is called similar, similarly or just one point in your plot that is similar. Um, the recalling uh, elements of the story need to be also in your retelling, such as um, the slipper, the heel, whatever, shoe that Cinderella left, for example. This has to be there. There has to be also this magical thing, uh, either it's gotta be a fairy godmother or a tree from her mother's grave. Cinderella also needs to have a stepsister, at least one, that is mean to her, and a stepmother that is also a mean bitch, you know.
her mother it's also important part for her to have at least her mother dead already and obviously we need to have a prince so you need those few elements that are so crucial for the original story and have them also in your retelling um the way you work around them makes a retelling a reinterpretation or a distraction of a story but that's for a little bit later i think um and this will also showcase either your retelling is a good one or a bad one because i think that this can be said about the way you work around those crucial elements um but again just because a retelling is not a good retelling doesn't mean that the story itself is bad because it doesn't have to be that way um i'm i'm thinking about an an example of a story that is a bad oh i know lore olympus you know the comic from from webtoon i think this is one of actually the worst retellings that i read in quite a time but that being said i think the story itself is good it's engaging it's cool but to be perfectly honest aside from maybe few plot points and just the names of the characters i i don't see there to be a lot of the retelling going on from greek mythos because uh, I also don't think that this was supposed to be a retelling. It was just an inspiration. But then there we, ha- we are left with the case of the names. And I think that in a case of, of in- interpretation, um, inspirations, I'm sorry, um, the names should be changed. Um, but, but that's maybe for a little bit later. But I also think that Lord Olympus went with Greek gods um, because they're well popular simply and that that gave a comic a popularity as well but that's beside the point so I think it's time to talk about the destruction and reinterpretation those are just in my opinion at least I would say that those are two types of retellings Uh, because to retell something you cannot just tell the same story again right you need to reinterpret it, uh, certain crucial elements of the story to retell it in your own original way. And retelling is a version of... Uh, reinterpretation, I'm sorry. Uh, is a version when you don't change the meaning of those crucial things that much. The rest of the story usually goes a little bit different, but there are those, the, those crucial elements still have the same meaning in a story um in a sense that stepsisters are still mean and they are showcasing just quite this vain evil stepmother is still mean (laughs) you know um or at least there is like this motherly figure um that is mean uh who showcases this more planned evil i suppose um, we have Cinderella, who is this steadforward girl who wants to achieve her dream. Um, and her dream is whatever. But I don't think also it should be the prince taking into consideration the original story and the way it was. But 
maybe we'll get to it later when I will be talking about some some more crucial examples. Um, we also have the slipper that is left behind somehow. Is the sign of searching for your love and everything. This kind of finding love just on the way, I would say. Um, those elements stay exactly the same, but the whole rest of the story can be different. When destruction is a retelling that still has those crucial elements, but they are, they are, the meaning in a story is completely different. Um, I can't really find a good example that would be from quite a popular book. Um, there was this poem by Zbigniew Herbert about uh, Prometheus and there were all elements from the mytho but they were showcasing um, how Prometheus is not a dreamer, an activist, a rebel anymore. He, Prometheus in this poem was old and stagnant, not changing anything. And those simple and those crucial elements from his mytho, his original mytho, when he is so active, when he is this OG rebel. Here they are just, mm, how to say it? They are amplifying how stagnant he really is. And this is a great distraction, and that's usually what Zbigniew Herbert does the best. Uh, there was also this other poem by him, I don't remember the title, I'm really sorry. But that was the distraction of a mytho about Orpheus and Eridica. That, that's how you pronounce it? I'm, I hope I, it is. Anyway, but the look back here was not a horrible mistake and a reason for, for grief. It was quite this sign of mercy towards Eridica, because she still loved Orpheus, sure, but she wanted to have something beside from him, aside from him, something else. She wanted to have her own little adventure, I would say, wanted independence. And here it's more of a sign of mercy or last act of love from Orpheus, more like. So yeah. This is the main difference. And now the way that we can reinterpret the story, the easiest one, I think, is just a different word. Is you know, obviously you can just, you know, just retell a story. Um, but there still usually are, you know, those main major changes. So you can create a different word. In a sense that you can create complete this completely fantasy world with different things, um, like a court of Taurus and roses by Sarah J. Maas. Yeah, uh, or you can just change a time frame, like in um, there is this book Bad Romeo by Lisa Rayen. That's also what you can do. Mm. Yeah, but basically that. Or you can get it in the most normal, you know, contemporary word setting. And that also can be a thing. Um, the other thing is just different perspective, character perspective. I think there were quite countless uh, versions of Romeo and Juliet written from Rosalind perspective. Um, have not read a single one of them. 
unfortunately, I suppose. Um, or like from a side character, or or usually those are female characters that don't get that much of a voice in the OG, OGs, I suppose. Um, what can be changed also is uh, a tone of a story. Um, but usually that gives us um, this more of a destruction uh, vibe more than reinterpretation. Um, like for example, mm, I think the best the best one here is the myth about Icarus about his fall. Um, the older ways how it was in the original one was usually mm, interpreted to be kind of a warning from being too ambitious that dreaming can sometimes um, destroy you uh, actually and you shouldn't reach your hands for something that isn't yours simply uh, but more modern reinterpretations that are i would say more distractions because the sun stops being uh, a symbol of Icarus fall it becomes his biggest love and dream and in like I said, in modern distractions of the mytho, the story is not a tragedy that should be a warning for young, uh, for young people. It's a story about how some dreams are worth sacrificing everything for, and how Icarus dies happy because he was able to taste the sun. Even there are some different ones when he is actually um, kind of Apollo's lover and this is just trying to reach his biggest love, which is also an interesting reinterpretation. Um, yeah, I, I think that's that's pretty cool perspective on it. Also, um, Sisyph and the way he works, I mean the whole uh, rock thing, rolling the rock thing and everything. Uh, the old interpretation of the mytho is that, you know, it's a pointless work that is such a hustle, it's it's truly a punishment. But modern ones are actually showcasing finding a meaning um, in... Sisyphus finding a meaning in his work. And this stop being... this work stops being a punishment. Um, which is suppo also supposed to be a metaphor for our life and I think that comes greatly from existentialism and this kind of if shit is an absurd then why shouldn't we ourselves make a meaning out of it make it mean whatever to you which a cool perspective you know and also the last way to retell stories is to simply mix and match um, which is just to do a retelling of few stories at a time. Um, an example of it would be Out of the Woods, even though I'm not that 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 big fan of it. Um, or uh, even I think simpler one, <laughs> um, Lunar Chronicles, for example, as well. Uh, that is also kind of a mix and match. Uh, but even better is actually Game of Thrones. Uh, because Game of Thrones doesn't retell uh, any mm, fairy tales or stories that we already know. It retells history. And people that are more into Game of Thrones, I think they know that 
uh, Game of Thrones is basically more or less uh, Great Britain's history and it, 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 you can see it and more or less it is from uh, a time frame uh, of you know uh, the, how is it called? Uh, the War of Two Roses I think uh, you know, when Lancasters and Yorks were just beating the shit out of each other. Um, the period time, like, hundred, I don't want to say too much, like hundred years before Elizabeth I. And it is really seeable, like I said, in the story, uh, the kind of these reinterpretations. But here, it's hard to say if this is an inspiration or a just retelling of the whole thing. Again, this is not supposed to be that, but it is an interesting perspective. And I think here you could be arguing whether it is purely interpret in some kind of reinterpretation here or just, you know, quite a strong inspiration. Something that would be a re an reinterpretation uh, of historical events would be just historical prose. Um, such as Philippe Gregory's or even Henrik Sienkiewicz. They are a good example of that as well. Now that we went over how you can retell a story, let's talk about what makes a retelling a bad one. So first and really most obvious uh, is just ignoring former characterization and mo uh, motivations of characters. The thing that annoys the living shit out of me is completely changing a character um, in a way that just doesn't make a sense within the story. What I mean by that is in a sense that the author cannot decide either uh, they are doing uh, again reinterpretation or distraction. Because I think that when you are retelling a story it's important to just know a lot about those. Um, knowing that, when we have this um, character that lacks their former re uh, their, their former characterization uh, or motivations, in a sense that hmm, my favorite example here, Cinderella stories. Cinderella Cinderella's motivation was to reach her dream. Her dream was to have one day off from her domestic abuse that was what she wanted to do to just get this one day off and go to the ball and have fun for a moment just for one evening forget about the horrors of her home life and she tried to get there simply and yet, in all the retellings of Cinderella's story from 2000s, like the one with Selena Gomez and everything, uh, those Cinderella's usually just want love. Um, the whole point of a ball is not, is not to just have this one day or to reach another her another one of her dreams that is not connected to boys uh, which is important here because a Cinderella Cinderella's story is quite a feministic precursor I would say because it has a lot of feministic values here 
talking about stereotypical f female strengths and again domestic abuse um, but that may be for a different time or characterizations um, such as um, not necessarily hate her tidiness but her being a dreamer her being so strong will a lot of uh, retellings take that away from Cinderella making this mimosis out of her and it's just really sad to to see this strong character actually be reduced to just being a gray mouse basically it's just sad and also sometimes those characterizations of characters are the most so important to the story because this is how the conflict is kind of created like in beauty and the beast uh, stories Belle needs to be an odd ball uh, an odd one she needs to be different because her being different is it causes really of everything her not not necessarily the i'm not like all the other girls but that's also a different topic for a different day um how i hate that but the thing is that she just has to be because of her oddness she has to be just alone within herself this um this uh, oh my god this alienation on the inside even this has to be there because otherwise there won't be able to be this connection with the bees because this is the thing that brings them together feeling that everybody has a false perception and they are both completely and utterly alone basically also the aloneness is the thing that usually pushes her to a beast in the first place because we can't forget that beauty and the beast story came uh, as a already as a retelling of Psyche and Eros Mytho so that can be forgotten as well anyway the thing is that you also can mm, add different things to the characterization but those most important qualities of characters cannot be forgotten most of the time and if we want to change it we have to go into the destruction and then basically a whole story changes it's usually this um different version um like i'm sorry uh like what if a certain character was different for example uh maleficent um that, that's how it was called uh, the movie with uh, angelina jolie um where it was uh sleeping beauty retelling from perspective of uh, of maleficent it is a great example of actually a distraction because you have all those elements um, that are you know necessary for a sleeping beauty story but they are they have a different meaning within a story that is told in the movie because maleficent is not bad she's not evil she's hurt traumatized betrayed and she ends up being this motherly character for aurora and this is how this movie is a distraction you have all those typical elements but they have completely different meaning and here a completely different characterization of maleficent uh makes sense 
because she also she she can be because the story is different like i said and besides still she she has some of the characterizations of the og maleficent but there is they are usually either momentarily and there's an explanation for them or they are just less intense um which also would make sense within the convention that the story took now the next one how to make a bad retelling is not staying consistent as consistent with one's inspirations what i mean by that is really badly done mix and match um but within like the same story this is usually what i see with mythos reinterpretations of mythos because you need to be aware from you need to be aware of what you are retelling what you are taking inspirations from so you need to know not only the story itself but also the background of the story what i mean by that is with mythos usually you need to know what time frame the mytho was created in and which of three types of mytho they are because but based off time frame and, and how the mytho simply is created you can have more or less three types of them the actual og ones that come from actual uh, religious beliefs and te- and theology kind of and this those are the only mythos when characterizations of actual gods that people believe in and characterization that might be in culture of those gods meet together but aside from that gods from the religion and gods from culture are two different things and should not and should never be associated by the way then you have a second a second type which is um the historical allegory so a mytho is basically um ba- basically history of a certain re- region told by just in the form of um of a myth with uh gods or like heroes or something the best example here is a myth about perseus because this is a mytho Uh, that showcases uh, the invasion of hellens on og greeks like almost in prehistoric times i'm pretty sure i would have to check the dates but this is what it means and the whole cutting off uh, the head of medusa is uh, hellens um crushing the cult of the great goddess and medusa's head was the symbol of mysterians of her and there are so many different implications that's why perseus means to destroy by the way but this is again a very good example of such a mytho and then you have the third one which is my fucking favorite one because this one this mytho is just usually misogynistic mytho that is just a religious propaganda that's used by people in power to excuse their behaviors because they put um their own shitty behaviors on gods and they are like we are allowed because the gods did it too and one of those things are usually rapes bars used for example which are of some historical connotations too but this is kind of a mix lovely mix here or my even more favorite is rape of persephone in the sense that hades kidnapping her 
because this is not the oldest, uh, oldest version. Uh, but this is something that was created later to excuse this traditional kidna kidnapping of a bride. And that's shitty. So yeah. And those mythos and th those this third type usually creates the biggest just space and differences between again religious gods and cultural gods to different thing things do not associate them together please okay and again what I meant by creating a bad retelling about not staying consistent with consistent with inspirations. You need to be aware which one of those mythos you are telling, because usually different versions of the same mytho come from come from the fact that older mythos from usually type one or type two are being taken and changed into religious propaganda in ancient times again, and this changes them. Also, you have different versions because Christians changing mythos and everything, giving some gods bad rep. Look at Loki, for example, stuff like that. So you need to be aware of what version you are taking to be retold, basically. And you need to stick to this one version. Because if you don't, then you have weird shit. Um, such as, I don't even know what, what to choose here. Honestly, there are so many good ones. Honestly, Lord Olympus is a great example. There are so many different versions from different times. It's, oh my god, lovely to see. My favorite one. <laughs> I would say that's my favorite one. Um, but good examples are stories usually with Hades and Persephone. Where Hades is... Uh, Hades kidnaps Persephone still. But Demeter is still this overbearing helicopter mom. Those two don't make any fucking sense together. Those two don't do that. Uh, because if we're telling the story uh, of Demeter, uh, of in, if we are telling the story in which Demeter was an overbearing mother, we have to choose earlier version of a mytho when she could be interpreted in such way, where Persephone wanted independence and basically wandered into into Hades by herself, which is kind of ridiculously funny story. And if we are going with Hades being a bitch and uh, quite a toxic guy kidnapping a girl, Demeter has every fucking right to be pissed and horrified and all of those things. Every fucking right. That she just has. Because that's what the mytho was also about for women. It was how it was horrifying for mothers and daughters because they would never see each other again, probably most of the time, once a girl beca became a bride. Because it was a deal between a guy and the father. N mothers and daughters were usually not involved in the trading, let me call it that way, itself. So this just creates these inconsistencies within your storytelling. And this is shitty. Don't do it. <laughs> to put it simply, don't do it. And this is kind of something that happened also with different stories, such as um, in Sarajima's uh, the, the Courts series. Mostly because with a second book, she destroyed everything that she built in the first one. And this is just badly done mix and match, because first one was supposed to be, you know, 
um, Beauty and the Beast retelling. And some people were like, the second seems a little bit like Persephone and, uh, and you know, and Hades. But the thing is that then everything goes to shit because the structure of the first book just falls to the ground and doesn't make sense anymore. So this is just not staying consistent within inspirations. Because if you're doing a mix and match, you also need to... If the same characters are going to be features in the first and the second retelling that you mash them together, the characterizations of characters needs to be consistent. This is just also taken from the first reason uh, or way how to write a bad one. And now the third way to write a bad uh, retelling is obvious lack of research um, aside from just knowing the OG story which I already kind of talked about you need to also have a background for certain things because some things in stories um, are are the way they are because of certain things because of the time frame the OG story was written in um, usually that's the, be the best way about because of culture and region that it was created in as well it will change everything um, my favorite example here is because you can also create a whole story or you can just take certain elements, like just one character that's going to be a, a kind of a retell retelling or something like that. Favorite example? Vampires from uh, Meyer's Twilight. That's why you should do your research. The reason why vampires are told to be, not be reflecting in mirrors it's not because they don't have a soul because guess, guess what else doesn't have a soul literally everything fucking else that actually reflects in a mirror the reason why vampires didn't was because in the past mirrors were made also out of silver to a certain extent silver being a noble metal would not reflect vampires because they were ungodly simply And that's, that's the reason why. But the thing is that if we put vampires in modern setting, I'm sorry, somebody's really trying to get a message to me. Um, if we are putting vampires in um, modern setting, mirrors no longer have silver in them. They would reflect in it. And mirrors and Meyer's story don't. So that's an example that I really like. This is pure lack of research and the thing is that this especially goes into a situation when you're changing the word because if because again certain things and certain stories are the way they are because of the time frame the culture they are in in that moment and everything like that if you are changing the time frame and the culture those certain things will no longer apply and there's no sense in applying them because because no, just no <laughs> because just no and that's it. Now, examples of, in my opinion, bad retellings. Um, again, as I said, most 2000 Cinderella's because they are missing the part of motivation of Cinderella. She wanted to get her dream, um, which was the ball, not the prince. And that's important for her characterization because the Cinderella story also showcases how love is not the most important thing and it can happen just along the way. And also, Cinderella's story is mostly story about surviving domestic abuse and she would get out either or not there would be a prince or not because 
her achieve, trying to achieve her dream also changed her within. There is a character development that's usually forgotten in the 2000s Cinderella's. And nowadays, retellings are way better, but I will talk about them when I start talking about the good ones. Uh, next was Sofra's Breaks, because here we have this complete mashup of, in my opinion, everything. And I think that we are kind of losing the original meaning. And also I think that if we want to really retell a story of Little Mermaid, we should know why it was written a certain way. Because Hans Christian Andersen wrote Little Mermaid with a setting in mind that he was in love with a guy. He, he was fucking gay. He was having a gay crisis. And he was in love with a guy. And in his word, he couldn't. And this story happened because he was that little mermaid that couldn't be with his prince because of certain things, because of this word difference. And I think that this is something that should be kept in mind while retelling that story. Here, it's it's not really that, in my opinion at least, but there are a lot of different problems with that story. As it stands as retelling itself, I don't think it's also a good one. Because, at least in the original Little Mermaid story, the mother plotline is not as important. And there's a lot of ads on that doesn't make that much sense as well. And uh, the whole sense of a story was, was not to hate men. Because that's what the story gives me at the very end. It's hating men because of this romance that didn't happen. And also Little Mermaid is not a story to make this um, abusive story with a love interest that is just, again, bad and toxic. This is not that story. Because of the way it was written with the background that we know about this story. This story should be about tragic love and how we accept that we are not for this person and we simply move on even though it's hurtful for us and there will be some scars that will be left forever this is the point of the story and the point of the story was lost there but crucial elements were the same this is again a mismatch doesn't make fucking sense because you can take a little mermaid and make a distraction where this romance turns horrible when unrequired love destroys you from the inside and it's not this kind of hopeful story it's a crushing tragedy but the thing is that this story was you can read you are reading their last chapter and you can tell that the story the author did not intend for the story to be a crushing tragedy it was still supposed to be hopeful and it is just a great imbalance that will never make sense. Um, another one of my bad examples uh, is Sarah J Maas just in general. Um, I don't think that her retelling, especially the courts, makes sense overall. Um, maybe if she stayed at book one it could be like mediocre retelling, but it's not. <laughs> and the way that she went later with the second book and she took the interpretation of the 
Persephone and Hades, if that's true, but really we would have to go with that route. And even if it's not, it's still like not not it. The beast, the the beast from the OG book does becomes unbearable and toxic and everything. And I still think that Tamlin is better than Rhysand, by the way. I still think he is. Because if we are giving a pass for Feyre and Rysin for being traumatized, we are, should also give a pass to Tamlin, but really they are all fucking horrible in that book. They are already fucking horrible in, in the whole series, but beside the point. If we are creating beasts to be on the same level of understanding as our beauty, um, because of this aloneness, which wasn't exactly the factor here, because it also did not... You know what? The original book is also not good because what brought them together was not like common understanding of being alone and alienation because people don't really want to know you. It's... It was just wanting to fuck. <laughs> oh my god. I just realized. Okay, never mind. Never mind. Okay. And then we have Laura Olympus, which... Showcases one of the most annoying, I think, reinterpretations of Hades and Persephone because this is precisely what I have a problem with. Well, Hades is cool because I think that him being in this abusive relationship, being traumatized from you know his childhood and everything, cool, great, I love it. Uh, Hades is not that horrible. What's horrible is Persephone. I know that w- I think that we are going for this. Um, journey this uh, character development of persephone from being you know this kind of scared little girl to being you know almighty lady the thing is she was not a scared little girl to begin with she was a powerful goddess just if we are taking this route because from the way that the meter is i'm i'm i get i'm guessing that this is how we're taking it um she was from the very beginning a very powerful goddess that was just undermined by her mother um that was overbearing mother at least that version again and she is not like this here and that is my problem um she she's kind of like a sex doll there and it's horrible i hate it there <laughs> But yeah, really, the, f- the thing is that the only thing that Lauren Pusleri has is being inspired and names and and everything else aside from that is so different that um, I wouldn't really put it here, but I- I'm guessing that we are calling it retelling. Um, now let's talk about the good ones. And basically how to write the good one is doing the very opposite of everything I talked about in how to write the bad one, which is, you know, keeping in mind the original characterization and motivations of characters, evaluating how important they are to a story you're trying to tell, and either keeping or throwing it away or just, you know, keeping in like in the middle, you know, just keep the most important characterizations. Um, staying consistent with your inspirations pick a version that's very important pick a version you want to retell 
and of, obviously do your research do your research your research on when the story was told uh, which elements are crucial which elements are just a product of a time and a culture of a time and then do as you will with them to fit them into the way you want to retell the story and be mindful of what kind of retelling you're doing if it's reinterpretation of or distraction uh, or destruction and also realize what elements you are actually retelling realize it as well it's it's very important simply um my really favorite ones are just different words um or just change of time frame um a good retelling um that changes the time in my opinion is uh then things i hate about you which is the retelling with just you know changing time frames um of the taming of the shrew by william shakespeare i think that's how it was called um which again a great one i love it um a different good examples that i really like would be gikirela another example of a good uh retelling uh is lunar chronicles by marissa myers i think that's was the name of the author uh, i will say that i am just reading scarlet it's a second book but the first one cinder i love it this story is a, fut- a, f- a futuristic retelling of those classic uh, fairy tales that are cinderella R- red riding hood um uh, Rapunzel and Snow White. I think those are the four fairy tales that I retold in this series. Anyway, um, but taking into consideration Cinder, the way they are tied all together right now, I can say that I like it as it stands. And the way just Cinderella was created in the story was really interesting. And I really like just the character development of of Cinder. How she's kind of finding herself, I would say. It's very interesting. And it's still very strongly... Her aspect like of the Cinderella story still strongly ties together into how all those four stories are tied together. I repeated that phrase a lot. But anyway, that's a really good one. Another one, I think, is Percy Jackson when it comes to figures of gods. Because, um, again, taking into consideration all mythos, as they are from all three types, their interpretations of gods in Percy Jackson, I think, are, are just good. They are not brilliant or whatever, but they are good. And they are consistent with how our culture shaped them. I think that's good. There's a lot to be said about Percy Jackson. I overall think that the series as a whole is cool. It's good. If I ever have kids, I will probably read it to them. Uh, Although there are some things that are, you know, problematic to a certain extent. Um, I mean, I I really kind of hate that word problematic. Um, But that are not, you know, the most brilliant. But I think that what we can do in such a case is just consuming the media um, consciously, simply. And I think that's what makes it just the right way. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't really know what else to say about this case. You know, um, we can talk a lot about um, 
a representation in Percy Jackson, how there are some harmful stereotypes, the way characters are written. And I will, and we probably argue about some things because it's the internet. We always argue, as, I, as always. And we probably won't have a very humane discussion because can we have, c- can there exist such in the comments anywhere? Probably not. Um, but yeah, may- maybe I will someday talk about everything that's, I think, uh, sh- kind of shitty about Percy Jackson and then we will talk the rest. Um, but I think the attitude itself, at least to what I know right now um, of Rickery Riordan about Percy Jackson, I think it's okay. I think he's pretty much there to learn. He gives us kind of what he found out from where and he wants to know what else he could make better and what he fucked up. I think that's the right attitude, I suppose. But, you know, in some of those conversations, I have no place to talk. Anyway, but when it comes to just the gods themselves, I think that his reinterpretation is very consistent with what culture gave us. And it's good. Again, at the very end, I just wanted to, again, give a disclaimer that just because something is a bad retelling doesn't mean that it's a bad story as it stands. Because again, Lord Olympus, the best example here, I think that it's a shitty retelling, but it's, I think, a cool story. Again. And um, I think that we can also arguing about what makes a good retelling and everybody will have their own perspective. And maybe some people will argue that there's no bad retellings. But at least I gave you my perspective, I suppose. Anyway, mm, I will end it here. And since it's already New Year, Happy New Year. We, I hope this, this year will be better for everyone. You know, best wishes and everything. And um, see you next week, I suppose. Goodbye or good night, wherever you are on this world. <laughs>